Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the Listen, Learn and Burn podcast, hosted by Phil Williams and Jen Kay, co-owners of Lift, Learn and Burn, the online coaching service created to transform the body and minds of females. Getting out and getting steps in can sometimes feel like you're walking for the sake of walking, which is why we're on a mission to make your walks a little bit more fun. So get off the couch, throw your headphones in and get those feet moving. Oh, and if you're in England, it's probably best you take a coat because it's more than likely chucking it down. Every week, we'll be going in-depth into a specific topic related to female weight loss. We know how overwhelming and overcomplicated weight loss can be, so we make sure to cut out all the big fancy words and bring you the information that you need to know. And if you're not sure how to start your journey, then head over to our website now to get your hands on our free fat loss guide. Hello, everybody. Well, it's been nice and quiet today. Well, not when you whisper right in, into the microphone, because that's going to be nice and loud. You don't know that. I do. So you've started speaking normally and he's woken up. <laughs> yeah. Don't laugh. Oh, sorry. Shh. It's fine. We've been shouting before. Have we? Yeah. Should we talk normally then? Yeah. Good, because that was getting really weird. <laughs> so we're in a different room today. We are. He's throwing me right off. and. I'm sat on the opposite side to what I normally sit on, and that's also throwing me right off. A bit like Anton Deck, aren't we? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> it's really confusing me. Because you sit on the left-hand side of me, not the right. Yeah, I don't like it. I might start talking to the right-hand side of me in a bit, just to Also, I feel like I'm speaking up. really weirdly because of the dog. Yeah, I'm scared of So basically, we're doing it in the living room because if we leave him for more than 10 seconds, he starts absolutely bawling his eyes out. We understand that's something we need to work on. <laughs> yeah. This cannot be the case for the rest of No, life. but he's, he's quite happily settled in his little crate right now, isn't he? His little tail's just hanging out the side. He's cute. He is. Aww. So, everything can't be about Reggie though, can it? It has been for the last two weeks. If you haven't weeks. heard, we've got a dog. Yeah, if you've been under a rock or on another planet for the past two weeks... <laughs> I think it's all we've talked about. Yeah, I might start talking. It's been a real eye opener. Maybe we should do a podcast on how to to keep on on some kind of sanity track when things like dogs happen. Yeah, but in order for us to do that, we'll have to find out first the answer (laughs) to that question. So we might have to listen to a podcast on how to keep sanity. Week one was great. We'd prepped for week one. Mm. It was week two that's hit us hard. We forgot there was another fourteen years after week (laughs) one, didn't we? It was just like, oh, this is tough. Oh, do you know what, though? He is an angel. Anyone who's got a dog, sympathise because this heat has sent him right off, hasn't it? Do you know what? I think this is one of those situations where if you're the type of person that loves dogs but hasn't got one, you might not get, and I didn't, I certainly didn't get how difficult it was. Like, I didn't understand. And I think if you've got a puppy or you've got a dog and you're thinking back to how difficult it was, you'll totally understand where we're coming from. <laughs> yeah. This is mayhem. But honestly... Two and a half weeks ago, I'd have been like, what, having a puppy's hard? It can't be. You just follow it around and make sure you don't weigh everywhere. Mm. Like, it can't be that tough. We're shattered, aren't we? Like, <laughs> it is well difficult. I mean, he's fantastic, don't get me wrong. Oh, he's the best. But it's still dead hard. Speaking of that heat as well, I hope everyone else is doing all right, not just dogs, because mm. I think a lot of people are struggling at the moment. We're not kitted out in England for like 30 degree heat, are we? Do you know what I've noticed though? We're not kitted out for anything in England. When it snows, we're like, we oh, we're, we're not ready for this snow. It rains. Oh, we're not ready for this rain. It gets hot. Oh, we're not ready for the heat. Right, what are we ready What's for? What's that Peter Kay joke? Which one? Isn't there a Peter Kay joke to do with weather? Oh, I like it up, but not this up. <laughs> <laughs> sticky weather. Oh, sticky weather. <laughs> Love Peter Kay. 
<laughs> yeah, you were doing that the other day. I knew, I knew it was there. I just couldn't remember what it was. Of course, mm. it's me. You forgot <laughs> Don't the remember joke. the joke. Yeah. What a surprise! <laughs> no, we've got a good joke at the end of today. Halfway. Yeah. Oh, let me guess who it is. Chelsea. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> And number one <laughs> podcast joke provider, solely. Oh no, Jess has also helped to write. Mm-hmm. I think Caroline sent the joke, and as well, we've had three. Oh okay. So we've 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 got some. <laughs> some. Yeah. Need some more jokes. this stupid section. Chelsea, you keep sending jokes in the book. Can we get some more jokes in general? It's all right. I'll Just let Chelsea me. do whatever she wants because she brought us a cost of coffee when we were in isolation the other week. So That's you true. crack on and do whatever you fancy, Chelsea. That's <laughs> yeah, very true. Yeah, that was an absolute lifesaver. It was it, amazing. Right? I loved it. So. This week. We are going to be talking about, as you've probably seen from the title, why a calorie goal is pointless. Absolutely pointless. It seems a bit drastic, that, doesn't it? A little bit. Considering we we use them to some extent with clients. Yeah, we do. (laughs) We do still use them, so we don't want to come across like we're saying, actually understanding your calories is pointless. However, on their own, they're they're literally largely irrelevant, aren't they? It's not worth... And I think the reason it's so important we talk about this is because quite often we'll be speaking to people who will either say like, oh, I really need to know my calorie target or they'll say, if I know what my calorie target is, I'm good to go. Yes, that is a big one. I'm good to go on to know that. And I know I think, exactly what I need to do if I've got a number yeah. that I'm working towards. And I think that in itself is the problem and that's what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. But as Jen said, we do use them, but we go about it in a very, very, very different way. And if you've, let's say for example, you're listening to this, you've never worked with us before, you might not know how we necessarily go about things and we're going to delve into that yeah, today. Yeah, we have so talked about it on another podcast, but yeah, we'll probably revisit it, yeah. what we do. But I think... Just to clarify what we're talking about here is when we're saying a calorie goal that's pointless is we're talking about one specific number that you track to. Um, and say, for example, you get MyFitnessPal or NutriCheck. NutriCheck is, does seem to be slightly more accurate in terms of working at a calorie goal from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. But particularly MyFitnessPal, you might be listening to this and you might have put a number in and most people, I'd say 80% of people, get the 1,200 because we've talked about it before. It's the algorithm. It works on you want to lose two pounds of fat. That is uh, 3,500 calories. Not one pound of fat is 3,500 calories. Two pounds of fat is 7,000 calories. Across the week, that's a 1,000 calorie deficit. But most people say your um, maintenance is 2,000 and it tries to knock 1,000 off that. It won't go below 1,200 so instead of giving you a 1,000 calorie target you get 1,200 which is where that number comes from because a lot of females I'm massively generalizing here but you have to on a podcast yeah it's not a one-to-one conversation is it females tend to be somewhere around the 2,000 mark that can massively range like some females could be could be 3,000 3,000 yeah some females could be 1,800 but if we're going average roughly tend to be around that it's probably somewhere between 18 and 2200 yeah which is probably why you're getting the 1200 calorie target exactly exactly so i think it's it's just important to note that um and note that particularly these tracker apps don't give you a number even that's relevant for you but even if they did but even Even if if they did did, even even if a calorie app gave you the most accurate number like it, to the calorie, let's say it said like 1,765.4. Let's mm-hmm. say it was so, so, so accurate. It's still pointless knowing it. Mm-hmm. It's still not actually beneficial if that's 
all you're doing. If that's the only thing that you're doing. And it's because it's just another rule to follow, isn't it? It is. That is the problem. And, and it becomes another diet because the reason a diet is a diet is a set... Well, a diet... Your diet is the diet that you... The food that you eat. Say diet again, Jim. Diet, 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 diet. <laughs> diet. Um, your diet is the food that you eat. But if you go on a diet, the kind of definition around that is that you are following a set of rules. Now, if we go strictly to track into a specific number you're just on a diet again because you're back into having a rule to follow the rule is you track to that number you go over that number everything's gone wrong and i think that's one of the biggest problems it again fuels to that idea of failure Um, it adds to the feelings of well i've done that i may as well blow it and it, it it fuels that diet culture feelings again so it, it still lends to restriction because what you do then is you end up eating to a number um and and you even if you're potentially i've had lots of people say this to me before you, you might relate to this if you're tracking calories right now say your goal is 1800 you finished eating for the day and you're on 1600 and then you're like oh I've got some calories left, what can I eat for that? When actually, if you were to step back and just have a little think, you would recognise that you're not even hungry and that's why you've eaten 1,600 calories, yet you then end up eating another 200 calories purely because you've got calories left. And I think that is where the dangers come around that because you end up starting eating to a number. And in reality, it goes again back to the idea that you're on a diet and that's not something that's going to set you up for life because as soon as you stop tracking calories and you're, you've not got a number to eat to, you feel lost, confused, you don't know what to do, then you fall back into those old habits because you've not learnt any new ones, you've just been tracking to a number and then boom, we're back at square one again, aren't we? I think it is and it just goes back to that on the fact that it is unsustainable because you, as Jen just kind of touched on then, let's say for example your target is 1800, you eat that amount of food until you've lost weight and then you go, well what do I do now? Mm. Because you've not changed anything, you've kept life exactly the same, you're still stressed, you're still sleeping terribly, you still don't know how to manage your habits, you still don't need to man- You don't know how to manage your hunger levels, you still don't know what to do on a day-to-day basis, you still don't know how to plan your meals for the week, you still don't know exactly who you are and what it is you do and why you're doing it, the only thing you actually know is how many calories you're consuming in a day and a lot of the time you don't even know that because all you're doing is you're consuming 1800 because the app's telling you to. Mm. So a lot of the time it comes down to the fact that it's unsustainable because you don't actually change a thing. Now, sometimes it can be beneficial to track calories because you'll learn a lot about the calories that you consume. So if you was to track calories without even having a target, you'll go, right, well, this is how many calories I consume in a day, which is a win. Great, fantastic. But what do we do with that? What do we do with that long-term, knowing that you consume 2,800 a day? You've learned that, which is great, and that's step one. But that's like... 1%, 1%, maybe 5% of the journey, knowing how many calories you consume. Long-term, there's nothing that we can do with that because it doesn't help us to understand our habits. It doesn't help us to understand our emotions. It doesn't help us to understand our hunger signals, our fullness signals, our satiety signals. We don't actually learn anything about us. All we actually learn is that when an app tells us to eat 1,800 calories, 
we ate, we ate eight hundred calories, and that, that's about it. Like, yeah. there's there's no learning kind of really got involved. And I know I don't really like to bad mouth other coaches and stuff because I don't think it helps our benefits. But I think it's really important to mention that when coaches and plans and PTs and whoever it is say things like, "Oh, I'm going to teach you that you can eat whatever you want as long as you stick to a calorie target," and then they go, "Right, here's your calorie target: one thousand two hundred." And you're like, oh, I can eat anything. Yeah, 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 I can eat anything in that. 1,200, you can eat whatever you want. And then you're like, oh, I'm going to have pizza for tea. And you're like, oh, it's 1,300 calories. I can't have that. So straight away you're restricted because you're being told that, you know, you can eat whatever you want, but you're not actually learning. And something that we've kind of touched on and spoken about a little bit is this idea that it is pretty much just another diet if you do it this way around. Yeah. You are just restricting yourself. You just eat into a number and you're not really learning much. It isn't sustainable. And if, the, if you take one thing from this episode, it's that having a calorie target teaches you nothing. And eating towards a calorie target is not sustainable. And I think just to talk on that idea of it not being sustainable, say, for example, um, you're currently eating 3,000 calories, which is absolutely doable like we've got a lot of uh, clients who come to us who Mm -hmm. probably are eating about 3,000 calories a day potentially need to be eating more like 1,800 to 2,000 or maybe even lower now if we said to that person your calorie goal is 1,500 you've got to have your calories overnight and that is where the dangers come in because you might do it on Monday yeah but Guarantee you won't do it on Tuesday yeah, or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday or Saturday or Sunday. It's, it's cut, you literally have to cut out half of your calories. That's going to feel really restrictive if you do it overnight. Mm-hmm. What really, if we want to make this sustainable, it's looking at how, like, what are the, what are the decision making, what decision making is going on behind the reasons that you're eating those calories at this moment in time. How can we start to remove some of those barriers so that you naturally bring that down? How can we make some calorie swaps so that we naturally bring that down? How can we start reducing portion sizes so we can start bringing that number down? I think initially what we need to do, or even for the long term what we need to do, is um, firstly using calorie counting as more of an awareness tool because we do know that calories are important. Like Having an understanding of calories is ridiculously important if we want to work on our overall health because it's good to understand that the calories within both typically deemed healthy and unhealthy foods, so the foods that provide us with more nutrients and the food that provide us with less nutrients because there are really nutrient-dense foods that we don't want in higher quantities for example nuts avocados and there is still a place for all of these things but I think raising awareness around that and having that understanding is really powerful in the long term but using it more as an awareness tool and a food log so that you can build that understanding initially is going to be more beneficial because then alongside that you can work on all those other things that Phil was talking about in terms of like habits around food, emotions, hunger signals, all that side of thing. And the the tracking of the calories becomes more of a um, way to improve your knowledge and raise awareness around food for yourself. And then alongside that, working then on some mindful eating strategies, which a nice starting point for you if you've not done anything like this before is to literally just pause before you eat anything because I think a lot of the time we rush into just eating without actually thinking about the situation so create a situation where you actually sit 
and have full attention on your food so at a table and literally just take a couple of seconds before you start eating anything whether it be a snack a meal whatever and make sure you sat down you're in a positive space you're thinking about what you're eating and you take your time with that so it's a really good starting point for that alongside the calorie counting and and then another big one is working with within a range rather than to a number which is what we do with clients isn't it absolutely and i think this is an absolute game changer for absolutely everybody as you'll know by now we work with females and i think it's super important that we understand that at different stages of the month you're going to have different hunger levels but you're also going to have different hunger levels throughout the week and different hunger levels throughout each day. So rather than giving you a calorie target, and that saying, is right, males and females as well. Oh, males. Yeah, <laughs> but I was talking about not specifically. I know what you mean. Menstrual cycle yeah. reasons. Um, so I thought I'd said that. Sorry. So naturally, when you're consuming calories, you've probably said to yourself or had a target set or something where you go, right, I'm going to eat 1,600 calories. That's my target. I'm going to eat it every day. And as we kind of touched on, you might do it on Monday. You might even do it on Tuesday. By Wednesday, you're feeling hungrier. You get to 1,600. You still want food. And you're like, oh, I can't go over it. I'm not allowed. I need to restrict myself. I need to stop myself from doing that. And it's this it's this ceiling that you give yourself that makes the whole journey so difficult. Stop listening to your body, don't you? Yeah, you just literally stop listening to your body. All you listen to is an app. So over time, you, start, you, you stop understanding whether you actually are hungry or whether you're actually full. And all you actually do is just stop eating because an app has said, right, you've had your allowance for the day, as if you're a, an eight-year-old child that's got yeah. a, a spending allowance. But what we do is we give a range. So the first range, we do it in three different sort of sections, but the first range is looking on a day-to-day range. So we say to clients, look, we're going to be working between, as an example, 1,700, 1,900 calories. It gives you a bit of flexibility for each day. What that then does is it removes that almost feeling of, oh my God, I've got X amount of calories left, or oh my God, I have to eat this amount of food. It allows you to be more flexible with what you're doing, and it allows you to understand that there is no one specific number that you have to hit. Now, that generally, that number is working in between a percentage of a deficit. So to try and you know not complicate the whole situation, if your maintenance calories is 200, and we want to be in a deficit 200. of- oh, Sorry, 2,000. <laughs> Goodness me. You're going to struggle. <laughs> You're going to struggle to get to a deficit if your you maintenance is 200. Yeah. Um, if your maintenance cal- calories is 2,000 and we're looking at, right, we want to get in a 10 to 20% deficit, we're going to go, right, 1,600 to 1,800. Yeah. So whether you eat 1,600, whether you eat 1,700, whether you eat 1,800 or 1,900, you're still in a calorie deficit, but it just allows you that freedom and flexibility. However, we understand that even week to week, things are going to be different. In, you know, week one, you of your cycle and week two of your cycle you might find it pretty easy to eat 1600 to 1800 and you might not really come up against many big struggles but what you might find is that it's the weekend that potentially you require a little bit more so we might say right well in the week then let's go towards that 1600 to 1800 at the weekend let's go 1800 to 2000 you're still in a deficit at this point are you not in a you're not even at maintenance yet until you hit 2000 and then what we look at is right well what about week three and four of your cycle? Maybe that's maybe the time where you find it more difficult. And it's at that point we say, right, well, you're going to burn a few, you know, maybe one to 300 calories extra a day anyway. So let's account for that. Let's also account for the fact that you're probably going to be hungrier and struggle to feel fuller. So we'll then bring that calorie target up. So we might say, right, for them, you know, for seven to 10 days, let's have a look at eating 2,000 to 2,200. So, and that's not everyone either, is it? Some no. people find that the hunger levels are massively affected during the period. Some people find that there's no 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really important to mention this is a really blanket statement because yeah. everybody's different. Like we can't really give like absolute guidelines for cycle tracking because everybody's different. But it's just more of a general idea yeah. that there will be differences from week to week. Absolutely. So you might be somebody who over the years has constantly aimed for 1,600 or constantly aimed for 1,200 and you found you've never been able to stick to it. What we would do is we would probably as I've just explained, maybe week one to two of your cycle, you're at 1,600 to 1,800 in the week, 60, uh, 1,800 at the weekend. You might find week three, you're at 1,700 to 1,900 to give you a little bit more flexibility. You might find week four, you're at 1,900 to 2,000. You might find towards the end of week four, you're at 2,200. Mm-hmm. You're still going to be losing weight. You're still going to be progressing. You st- and the main thing is, you're not going to be eating that amount of calories because an app is telling you. Mm-hmm. You're going to be eating that amount of calories because that's what feels right. That's what feels comfortable. That's what feels achievable and is doable in the moment. So, you know, just to kind of compare the two extremes, in week four of your cycle, you've been grafting to eat 1,200, 1,300, struggling, failing, not able to do it. But you didn't need to anyway. You could have eaten 2,100 and just continued to do what you were doing. And I think it's having that knowledge and that power that actually there is no failure around it and also there might be some weeks where you're eating completely over maintenance and like that's what you that's what needed to happen that week maybe you um maybe you've got a lot on maybe you're having a really active week and you've just done loads of stuff Mm -hmm. and you just need a little bit more food to give you a little bit more energy to get through like there's so many variables around it and i think what we need to do is learn to understand what success looks like each week within that and also learn to listen to our bodies because ultimately when you take a number away our bodies are what give us or tuning into our bodies and what our bodies are telling us are what we're going to have forever like Mm -hmm. that's that's the tool that we're always going to have so if we can learn to work with that tool and the calorie to the calorie counting being an awareness tool alongside of that that helps us to um, raise awareness then that's a really good place to be at absolutely so that that is what that is our viewpoint on the calories and the calorie number mm-hmm. um but yeah it would be interesting to know people's thoughts on that and as always if you want a calorie range or you want to move away from a specific number then please drop us a message like we will never charge for giving people a calorie goal because it takes us all of two seconds. It should be free. This yeah, it baffles me. Please I don't know. ever pay anyone for that. There are some like influencers on social media who are like, oh, I'll, you know, I'll set your calorie targets for £20 a month. I'm like, what? It's no. calorie calculator. It five seconds. Like, it literally is just time. And as we've just spoken about for the past 20 to 30 minutes, pointless knowing it anyway. And can I just say, any coach who just gives you a calorie number and that is where the support ends is never going to help you to change your life. I, like, and as Phil said, we don't want a bad mouth, but it's not a helpful tool for you to understand yourself and your body longer term. Um, it's just another fancy way of putting you on a diet, basically, isn't it? Right. So instead of putting people on a diet, it's put me on the spot, Jen, okay? Okay. Go on. Let's right. see. So, let me see. Uh, right. Um, which one should I go for? I don't know. I'm not I, allowed to know. Right. I wrote this one in my notes when someone sent it me ages ago, mm-hmm. but I didn't write who it was for. Okay. So... Oh, wait, no, we've done that one. Oh, we Have can't we do done it. that one? Well, put me on the spot and I'll tell you whether we've done it or not. <laughs> I think we might have done it. And if I don't like it, I'll just say we've done it. No, I'm sure we have because I think I remember the answer. So let's see if we have. If you could be any fictional character, who would it be? I don't remember that one. 
Oh, have we not done that? Don't think so. I thought we had. Go on, ask me then. I just did? Yeah, go on, ask me again. <laughs> if you could be any fictional character, who would you be? Yeah, we did that one about a minute ago. Oh, Bill! He's <laughs> so annoying. Harry Potter, next question. <laughs> Actually, no, Dumbledore. Oh, okay, why? Kidding me, you like the Wizard of All Wizards? It's not so, like, imagine being Dumbledore. Oh, what? Yeah, he is an all-powerful man. He is, oh, he's got a great beard. Omnip- omnipotent. I don't know what that means. I think it means like all-powerful. I mean, you can see through him. Omnipotent. Oh, you can't see through him. Omnipotent. Hmm. Having unlimited power. Having great power and influence. That's a big word, isn't it? It is. Influence. Omnipotent. See, I quite like... I'd quite like to live Harry Potter's life. I think mm. that'd be fun. But I think... I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I would agree with that statement. Why? Is Harry Potter's life fun? It can fly He is constantly challenging death. Aren't we all? <laughs> no, but like, to an extreme. I mean, I feel like he, he was a bit soppy, wasn't he? Like, it weren't that bad. Oh, stop. I, right, I read all the books. He came up against Voldemort like three times in like... What, 5,000 pages of books? The most powerful wizard of all time, or uh, Albus Dumbledore. What was that dog called that we saw the other day? Uh, Albus Dumblepaw. <laughs> Honestly, I love that. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think, yeah, as, as difficult as people make out that Harry had it, what you've got to remember is these books are quite big, and it was about seven pages he was fighting Voldemort for. Like, oh, stop. You're good to go, Harry. Stop. Which was the worst time? I'm just I'm just throwing in another on-the-spot question. What Which do you, do you think was the worst face-up of Voldemort? What do you mean the worst face-up? Like, obviously, so it was when he was in the back of what's-his-face's head. Mm. What's his name? Professor? Can't remember. It's going to be a long awkward silence. Oh, I can't remember his name. Go on, carry on. Next bit. Remember, um, we're on a podcast. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, the time on the Triwizard Tournament, mm. um, the very final face-off. I think that was a good one. Was there another one? Uh, yeah, you must have seen him more than three times, surely. Surely. You said three? Well, even so. He kind of saw him through Tom Riddle in the Chamber of Secrets. Well, that was a good one. I enjoyed that bit. Um, but that see what I mean, though, like... One. It's just not a big deal, is it? Like, you didn't need to fight him that many Stop. times. Stop. There must have been more than that. There's how many books are there? Eight. No, seven, isn't there? There's the last one. There's eight films, seven books. Right. Oh, by the way, films are rubbish. Don't go and watch them. <laughs> terrible. Don't go watch them. Don't go watch the films. If they're on anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're absolutely terrible. If you've read the books and watched the films, you'll know what I mean. But yeah, I, I think I'd either be Harry Potter. Yeah. Or I'd probably... No, I'd be Dumbledore. Albus, he's just legend. Absolutely he is. Legend. He is great. Very nice man. Mm-hmm. Very very nice man. Great beard. G- great beard. You clever, are correct. clever, clever man. I think if mm-hmm. I got started now, I could probably catch him up. Did we like original Dumbledore or second Dumbledore best? Well, I read the book, so it was always the same Dumbledore. <laughs> I don't care for the films. Can can we all see that Phil's avoiding all of the questions that I ask him? No, I'm just telling you which one did I like most. It's the same Dumbledore. In just the books. Phil was very angry about the films. Well, it's like saying, did you like Harry Potter? Nobody likes Harry Potter, but in the books, fantastic. Oh, you mean like Daniel Radcliffe? Yeah, no one likes Harry Potter. That is a bold statement, but I would agree with it. It's not that bold then, is it? I feel like we might cause outrage by that. Also, another shout, just another shout, Weasley Twins, Legends, in the films, horrendous. So annoying. Mm. Yeah, no, okay. Two valid points. Two very valid points. Rubbish. 
they're not rubbish. They're more of a sentimental thing, I think. The books are 1,000 times better. Hermione. And I don't know if Jess Berry still listens to the podcast, but let's call her out. Number one Harry Potter fan. Hasn't read any of the books. So, shaming you into reading the books now. She's still not read them. Well, Me and Amy have been on her for a very long time. Anyway. Hermione. Knits all these hats. Don't do it once in the film. Don't ask them. <laughs> Why not? Why do you never... What, where's the, no knitting? I would see a bit of knitting. No knitting. <laughs> Don't think that makes for good viewing, does it? Well, I, I can assure you the films didn't make for good viewing. And there was no so way. sorry to anyone who doesn't like Harry Potter, because this probably is just a lot of nonsense. Well, so were the films. <laughs> I feel strongly about this. Yeah, I know you do. I think they should You've redo them. You've mentioned it so many times. They want to get better actors and actresses in. All right. And they want to redo the films. Who's the best one? Who Who do you think they cast best in the film? Oh, um, what's her name? Um, oh... Trelawney. Trelawney, bang on. <laughs> Trelawney's class. And, um, oh, what's her name? <sighs> Deputy. Umbridge. No. no. Although. Oh. McGonagall. McGonagall class. Yeah. But Umbridge is actually inc- probably the best cast I think of them she all. takes them above the book. Like, yeah. she annoyed me in the book, but the level of annoyance oh. in the films is just another level. That, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's actually probably, do you know what you're right though? She's the only person out of everything better that is films. better in the film than the book. <laughs> so, I literally wanted to throw ick. myself at the TV. Sorry, Fred, <laughs> she's just looked at me like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, sorry, we're just going on a right Harry Potter tangent there. We need we? to do like a Harry Potter podcast or something. Cause the reason I thought we'd done else. it mm. is because I thought that the answer was Nigel Thornbury. Who's... Oh, right. I was going to say he's not in Harry Potter, but it wasn't a Harry Potter related <laughs> question. <laughs> Nothing to do with Harry Potter, was it? <laughs> Maybe I did say that. Well, different answer this time. Yeah, yeah. Keep putting me on the spot. We'll just reuse all the on the spot questions, shall we? <laughs> Surely someone will remember. Someone, avid podcast listener, will tell us we've already done that. You one. don't even need to be avid. You're I'm going to delete it off my list, though. Why have you not been doing it? My that? list is getting very small, so please can someone send me some questions because. Um, it's my turn to ask Jen an on the spot question mm. next week, though, so could you please pause the podcast now just before you listen to the fantastic joke? Send me an on-the-spot question for Jen next week, then click play again and then listen to the... Learn it over. Learn you it can't over even now. remember what the section's called. No, I was thinking of saying something else. But... <laughs> Go on then. Are you ready to learn it or burn it, Jen K? Yeah, if I have to. Bit of an awkward one this week because I've got to tell you about my, um, my ex-wife, Lorraine. Oh, That's what I've got to talk <laughs> about. So, have I just spoiled the punchline? No, don't worry. So I loved my wife, Lorraine. Yeah, did you? Mm. In the what beginning. She, how old was she? You stop asking questions. <laughs> Let me tell a joke. I loved her in the beginning. I don't like her. I'll not finish this joke if you can. <laughs> but, and it's a big but. Oh, I shared the big bum. But for the longest time, I had a really big crush on my friend. Was she called Jen? No, she was called Claire Lee Robbins. All right. And I knew she felt the same way about me, which was, you know, quite dangerous. Risky business. Mm. But the worst news is eventually Lorraine found out about my secretive feelings. And just like that, she just packed her bags and left. Disappeared. Where did she go? Did she go to Africa? No. (laughs) She didn't. And I felt really bad about it, actually, making all these jokes. But then I did realise, I can see clearly now Lorraine has gone. (laughs) Dad, that's the joke I was trying to think of. Yes. That was the joke I was trying to think of. That is a really song good one. Song you trying to think of, you mean? The song, sorry. Because yeah. Phil always, always sings that song. Mm-hmm. And Too then, often. It's a bit weird, it, actually. And then he's always like, oh, 
Um, you always ask where Lorraine's gone, don't you? Do I? Yeah. Where has she gone? Africa. What was the one I said the other day? <laughs> what did I say? It happens. What did I say the other day? You'll remember. I was walking past you mm. to go out somewhere. Yeah. And I said... You uh, want me to remember one thing that you said words. when you were No, it was like, it was a, it was a female's name that's always like, that's just, like Lorraine can yeah. always be, can mean the rain. Yeah. It was that type of situation. All right. But I can't remember the female's name. Right. Well, I don't know. Why am I asking you to remember something yeah, that's happened? Yeah, that's the worst thing you could ever do. Before we started recording this podcast. Anyway, today. I feel like this has been a long one because we took a large segment to talk about Harry Potter. Well, they've learned not to have a calorie target. They've learned that Dumbledore is fantastic. They've learned not to watch the Harry Potter films <laughs> and they've learned that I think they everyone's can already now done see that. clearly gone. I was a good joke that to be fair. I should have laughed more, but I ruined it because I saw where it was going. And because you kept speaking over the top of the joke, Jen. Can Sorry. you not do that next time, please? Sorry. I would require full attention next time. I just don't particularly think that this section's going anywhere. That's because you don't want it to. And I yet, can see clearly now Lorraine's gone. And yet we've done 10 episodes of it. Also, sorry, just going back to that thing. Why is Chelsea's jokes always based around a song? I think it's because I told her to stop sending the <laughs> jokes that are based around songs. <laughs> since then, that's all she's done. Thanks, Chelsea. <laughs> next week, I'll love another one because I really like Phil's singing voice. I'm not turning up next week. <laughs> I'm busy. I'm looking after Raji, probably. <laughs> no, he's asleep. Look, he's just woke up. Oh, no. Hi. Staring at us. Are you going to bark and share everyone that you're here? Because you're really good at that no, at the moment. No, he just put his head back down and fell asleep. What a legend. <laughs> he's just decided that he likes barking now, so. Yeah. Oh, there we oh, go. Okay. Right on cue. You might have got a little growl then. I wonder if everyone heard that. Anyway. As right. a little grumpy growl. Remember, stop setting yourself calorie targets. Stop using calorie calculators and hoping that's going to change your life. And go Don't like, rate and films. subscribe. Don't watch the Harry Potter <laughs> films. Like, rate, subscribe. Have an incredible week. And we'll catch up with you again soon. Have a good one. Oh, nice little end. And a bye from Reggie.